Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. Mike Bloomberg spent $550 million to win American Samoa. For $550 million, he could have bought American Samoa. It's like Monopoly for him. You are the proud owner of an island that used to be America. I don't understand what his campaign team thought that they were going to do. I guess they thought that an avatar could, in fact, win an election, <laughs> that all he needed to do was put out ads. He didn't need to do any retail politics. He didn't but, need to build a base. He didn't need to shake hands. He didn't need to kiss any babies. But Joe Biden won Super Tuesday without Huge. doing those things, without having rallies, without having retail politics, without having offices. He won tons of states without really having been there, without having spent ads. Because he's got the name recognition. Known quantity. Because he's a known quantity. Because he is felt to be safe. Because Bernie is scaring a lot of voters who are mm-hmm. like anybody but Trump. And I think Joe is more likely. I don't think that many people love Joe. I don't think anybody loves Joe. I think that he is a security blanket. He is many chicken people. soup. He is what people feel comfortable with. Late deciders mm-hmm. Joe dominated with. Which says to me... People are choosing Joe, not loving him, but like liking him. He's enough. Friend of mine, smart friend of mine, called me from uh, Virginia. I gritted my teeth and voted for Biden. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people said like, but you know what? The core of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. the core of this show is about black people. Yes. Black people, especially over 45, are riding with Biden. He mm-hmm. did extremely well with them. He did extraordinarily well with them in the South. Bernie has not been able to grow his support among black people from 2016 to 2020. But he hasn't done any work to. Right. It's like, yes, of course it wouldn't grow because you haven't done any work. But I also think what's very interesting is that the 45 to 64-year-olds came out in mass, right? They came out in mass on Super Tuesday. And I think that Bernie Sanders underestimates what the word socialism means to older people. I don't think he underestimates it. 18 to 24 is his sweet spot. These folks come to his rallies, come to, you know, sold out stadiums in mass, but didn't vote. I am so disappointed 
in the Democratic Party right now, that they are consumed by fear and mm-hmm. focusing on safety and coalescing around someone who they do not love out of pragmatism. And didn't we do that before? We do it all the time. If Joe Biden becomes the nominee, which looks mm-hmm. likely, it's not a done deal, but he's got a nice lead after Super Tuesday. And it's hard to imagine that the establishment will give it to Bernie if he can't find a way to get to 50%. I mean, the superdelegates already spoke in the New York Times and they said, yeah, nah, we're not doing that. I have never been less excited, inspired, <laughs> and interested in a Democratic nominee than Joe Biden. Like Clinton, Bill Clinton was the first person I voted for. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to vote for him, right? I was obviously over the moon to vote for Barack Obama, mm-hmm. right? I was excited to vote for Hillary, okay? I saw historical potential. I thought she would be an incredible president. When it was Al Gore and John Kerry, I was like, nah. this is the best the Democratic Party can do? They were the previous least interested I've ever been. But I thought they were both really intelligent. I thought they were both very committed, mm-hmm. at least to the issues that really mattered to them. I think the previous Nader was Kerry, because I really, even though he's from Massachusetts like me, I really did not care for him. But I was like, you know, there is an incredible personal history here that I have great respect for. I respected Al Gore and his intelligence and what he cared about in terms of climate. There is no issue. There is no personal history. There is no great personal talent. There is no pet policy concern of Joe Biden's that I give a fuck about. That's not what Joe is here for. I think that people are so scared. They're so riddled with anxiety that they only care right now about safety because they feel so unsafe. And Joe Biden, for all of the things that you just said, I am not excited about him. I've never been excited about Joe Biden. I thought that Joe Biden hit his peak as Barack Obama's VP. He hit his peak as his ride or die. And I love that relationship. And I loved what he did as vice president. But what I underestimated, because I was wrong, thinking that Bernie Sanders was going to run the table and that people were ready for a revolution. They were not. They want to feel safe. Things are already shaken up enough with Donald Trump that I did not realize that people just right now, they want safety. They want somebody that will return them to some sense of normalcy. And for them, Joe Biden represents that. And he came out, when he came out and made his announcement about running for president, that is what he was running on. Hey, America, you know me. I'm safe. In the last show, I said I didn't think that the candidates would be selfless enough to step aside. Yeah. I thought the moderate lane was so clogged that Joe would have a hard time pushing ahead of Bernie. That was wrong. I think I also said in the last show that the book I once read, The Party Decides, Mm -hmm. which talks about how the party signals to the voters, this is who we want you to choose through endorsements, through media, through financial allocation, the way the money is spent. I thought that book was wrong. In 2016, that book seemed to be dead. Now that book seems to be very on point that clearly the Democratic establishment in the last week or so 
has said, we have to get serious about stopping Bernie Sanders, right? I think they saw Bernie as an existential threat and perhaps a literal threat to their own jobs. Mm -hmm. And they said, Pete, you are young and great. You have to get out. We will take care of you. You want to we'll be. We'll see you in another eight years. You want to be governor. Yeah. You want to be senator. We will look out for you. But you got to get out. You are in the way. Mm-hmm. And Pete said, "Okay, I understand." And they said, "Amy, you got to get out." And they may have been able to say, "It looks like you might not win Minnesota, and that could be very embarrassing, right?" I don't know, but Amy, you got to get out. And she said, "Okay, I'll get out." And when all is said and done. Jim Clyburn. The man is a priest and a surgeon. Is a hero of the Biden campaign. Mm -hmm. Black voters, especially older black voters, the cookout, Mm -hmm. has said Biden is our guy. Jim said go in all, all in for Biden. They are going huge for Biden. I would assume that they will show up huge for Biden in November. And I just hope that there is enough self-awareness in the Biden campaign that they reward black voters Mm -hmm. with the number two spot. Who is it going to be? Either Kamala Mm -hmm. or Stacey Abrams. Those are my choices. And and I don't think that the vice presidency matters. And I disagree. That's fair. But I don't think you pick that person to win. I think you give it to that person to say thank you. Because it is black voters mm-hmm. who have coalesced around Joe Biden. This is always the case in the Democratic primary. When you get black Democratic voters coalescing around a candidate. Because we will vote in a block. You'll get 60, 70, 80% of black voters in a Democratic primary will vote for one candidate. And when you can get them around you, you win. And Joe... I mean, it was <sighs> it, I, again, it was Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn did this. If not for his rousing endorsement of Joe Biden. And it was also a critique. He also gave him a deep critique about getting the campaign together, getting himself together. But this is our guy. He triggered this domino effect of Super Tuesday. Joe Biden pulled this out because of Jim Clyburn. I think to your point, I honestly believe that based on how Biden is, I think that he goes for Kamala. I think that he goes for her, for his vice presidency. I believe that that puts him over the top. But I also, we have to understand, Bernie Sanders is a major problem. He is a major problem. And he is going to be a thorn in the side of this party all the way to convention. Well, you know, Joe and the establishment is going to have to figure out how do we reach out to progressives and explain to them We love you, too, because I need somebody to reach out because I feel hurt. I feel the chair pulled out from under me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am lost in this Democratic Party. I feel like the Democratic Party has left me and moved centerward, moderate to where I'm like, this is do I have a place here? And obviously, as black voters, yeah, but as in my ideologically, that's what we're going for. So what is what is my place? Because I want. Free college for the next generation. Mm-hmm. I want criminal justice reform. I want a truly robust health care plan. And stop telling me about how nothing that Bernie wants can get through. Mitch McConnell is not getting overturned. 
And nothing that any Democrat wants is getting. It's not like, well, Joe is moderate enough to be able to work with McConnell. No, that's his point. That's McConnell's point is to obstruct whatever Democrat to help Republicans in 2024. So here's the thing. Now that Bloomberg is out, right? $550 million lighter and endorsed Joe Biden. He's going to put his money behind Biden. I think that he needs to put his money also on the fucking Senate. Let's say one thing. Claire McCaskill is a gift to MSNBC Mm -hmm. because she talks about real things. He cannot give Joe Biden $100 million. Like, that is against the law. And Joe Biden cannot work with him to say, hey, can you spend your money here and there and this way? That would also be illegal. Mike Bloomberg can spend some of his money to try to help Joe Biden in the way that he thinks, but he can't just like, here's $500 million, Joe, go. He can do this, create a PAC, and it is about running ads against Donald Trump, elevating Biden. It can be totally separate entities, but that's what I believe that he's going to do. And I also think— And he's been a great Trump troll. (laughs) And he's a fantastic Trump troll. And I think that that combination, right— of Bloomberg's media savvy and money. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. And the people coalescing around Biden is what is going to knock Bernie out and scare the shit out of Trump. I believe it because the thing that Trump really fears are people that are wealthier than him, right? The idea, like you can say Sleepy Joe and Mini Mike and all of the bullshit terms that he says about these people, but at the end of the day, Bloomberg is smarter and wealthier. So now that he has endorsed Joe Biden, I think that this puts Trump on his heels and I think it sets up a really interesting 
race to November. I'm curious to see how much longer Elizabeth Warren stays in. I think by the time that this airs, <laughs> she's already out. <laughs> she will be out. There's I, no path. Elizabeth Warren lost Massachusetts last night and came in third. My God. You know, she didn't even come in second. Oh. She came in third. And while everybody knows that I love Elizabeth Warren, I, love Elizabeth I was Warren. I was in it for her. I love her. But America hates women and she's not going to be president. You know, I uh, I'm not certain it's entirely sexism that has happened to mm-hmm. her i don't know what it is there was a period that it's she sexism, was neck and right. neck with bernie and then there was the moment when she was saying and i don't believe that this is the reason but there was a moment she was saying you said women can't win and he's like let's not talk about that here and her campaign went down and i think there's more dynamics than that one mm-hmm. moment maybe she waited too late to show the spine that she showed when she was beating up Bloomberg in the debate. I don't know. You know, I really liked her. I thought that she was the perfect blend of progressive yep. palatable. Because mm-hmm. I hear from Bernie haters, they don't like his personality. Mm-hmm. They don't like how he seems very get off my lawn. And I don't see that. But they see a political Larry David. <laughs> that is the best description of Bernie Sanders. Which I don't see. I don't that see it that That is the best way. fucking description. But he is loud. He is obnoxious. and is, not, But not as funny as Larry this David. This is not as funny. This is what the other side sees. Elizabeth Warren struck me as great. I know. And the country just has not returned the favor. No. They have not liked her. I mean, Jesus, even Massachusetts. Can that Bernie was upsetting. propel himself... Without Warren in the debate, without Warren in the conversation, because he's their number two, mm-hmm. right? He's the number two choice for most Warren supporters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do they or do we continue to get a country, a Democratic Party that rejects the notion of revolution, that rejects substantive change, that rejects passion in politics? My God, since when have we as Democratic Party rejected passion in politics that is afraid of real, substantive, valuable change that wants to go with the milk toast moderate. So we have allowed the Republican Party to choose our nominee. We're choosing the nominee who's most palatable to the fringe Republicans. I honestly, I don't think what that the that? Republican Party is choosing the nominee. I think that people, they want to feel safe. And I think that once they get back to a, if, if they get back to a feeling of safety and normalcy and can erase the memory of Donald Trump, then we can go back to the drawing board about how we tackle these big, bold ideas. Like, look, our economic system, our capitalist structure is broken. It, well, as I said, it's not broken. It was made to work for the wealthy one percent. It needs to be fixed. The That's fact what that Bernie's there are about. the fact that there are tents now all over California, homelessness it like is abundant in this country right now. That's what Bernie's all about. It is, but I think that before we go to that place, people need to make a pivot. They need to make a stop, a pit stop in safety land, and then they'll go from there. So Biden's campaign is. Not Bernie, not Trump, stood with Obama. Correct. <laughs> what is that? Correct. You are not Obama. And you know what? And somewhere in there, I'd like to see 
who you are. Who are you? Ask, I am a security blanket. You, I yeah. am. Does anybody love chicken noodle soup? They love chicken noodle well, soup. But when you have lobster biscuit, of all of these things, is that what you're ordering on the menu? No. But when you want to feel good, you order chicken noodle soup. It's not the fanciest thing, but it's a reliable soup, <laughs> right? He's I, a reliable I, I, soup. I, I understand the analogy. I love chicken soup, but I understand the analogy. Because mommy made it when you were sick. Exactly. So it's your and the it's country, your the country is fucking sick. The, the country, country is, is ill. The country is sick. I just wish I knew what Biden was. I know what he is not. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Well, I want you to stand for something. I find him vacuous. I find him to be an empty suit. I find him to be the classic perma smile, tanned, slicked back. White male politician, grip and grin, love everybody, kiss some babies, keep it moving. Whatever you believe in, I believe in that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we could have gotten away from that. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Not just with Bernie, but with Elizabeth Warren. We could have gotten away from that with Kamala Harris. We could have gotten away from that with so many people. And we've come back to... Mm-hmm. <sighs> moderate Marvin. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we are. We're with Moderate Marvin. So boring. So boring. But Trump is way too, too much excitement, too much anxiety, too much frustration. He is just too much. No, and you're right that the electorate is open to different things at different times. And as great as Barack Obama is, if you asked people to take a flyer on, you know, a black guy who's just barely gotten to the Senate just a minute ago with a strange name— they might have been like, I don't know. There was a level of comfort then that the country does not feel now. Mm-hmm. That is, people are in panic mode. I understand that. I feel that. I just wanted to get a little bit more out of the deal than just not Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to vote for not Trump. I want to vote for something. And, you know, I thought with Bernie we were getting, you know, actual change real or at least the chance for relevant change and not just not trump (sighs) that's where we are 
not Trump. And this is the cookout. The cookout is chosen Joe. They have chosen Joe. Joe is the chosen one with currently 453 delegates. Bernie knew that black voters were a weakness for him in 2016. And did nothing. And he has not, in the intervening four years, changed that. Do you know why Bernie Sanders pissed me off? Not just the screaming, not the fact that he doesn't use a comb, not all of those things and the red face. None of that. Some of that, but not all of it. But right after 2016, he wrote a piece about identity politics and how it was identity politics and our foray into it as to why Hillary Clinton lost. Essentially saying that if we didn't talk about people of color, just talk about the economy as a whole, just talk about whatever, that would have been okay. And I was like, okay, Bernie, I see you. Okay, I see you. Black people see him and they rejected him. Not about that life. You can't talk about the economy. You can't talk about the poor and not talk about black people, not talk about who is actually struggling, not talk about how systems have been created to stop black people from being able to build any type of wealth. Like you can't do this. You can't all lives matter this shit. And that's what Bernie has. That's what he sounds like to me. When he talks about his socialist views, it's like, oh, everybody needs. No, some people actually fucking need more. And you refuse to recognize that. And that's why I loved Elizabeth Warren, because her framework mm. was always infused race. With, a, with race. Absolutely. Because she understands how all of these systems were built to work against black people and people of color. So I don't understand why in that time frame, that Bernie Sanders couldn't pick that up, couldn't understand that. If he had, he would be in a different place. We would be having a different conversation today. But Bernie Sanders refused. So you refuse to see me, I refuse to see you. And that's what happened to him on Super Tuesday. And I think that it'll continue on. Biden will continue to tick up. The thing, too, is that Bernie Sanders can't blame this on the establishment. Oh, the establishment, you know, they don't want me. No, the people voted and they don't fucking want you. Don't blame that on the establishment. I don't mean, blame it on don't blame it on this rig system. People went out, they voted in mass. People in Texas waited seven hours Texas. to cast their to cast their vote. Texas. Seven hours fucking hours. And Bernie was strong with Latinx Mm -hmm. voters and still Joe got it done in Texas. Joe got it done in Texas. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Joe beat Bernie. Yep. In New England. Mm -hmm. When Maine was too close to call, I was like. Yeah. So he has nobody to blame. He wants to play this blame game, but he has nobody to blame about this but himself and the deficiencies that he has in the base of the party, which is but black people. Joe is going to Joe and the establishment are going to have to do something. Yes. To make the progressive wing, which is getting louder, mm-hmm. which is getting elected, mm-hmm. which is getting passionate, make us feel seen, make yes. us feel heard. Mm-hmm. You have to bring us together. You know, because if you are now the leader of the party, you have to bring us in. And winning over the fringe Trump voters or the Obama Trump voters, no, no. Because I saw some stats that talked about Obama Stein voters, right, were greater in many places than Obama Trump voters. Mm -hmm. So 
those of us who feel left out by the Democratic Party, and increasingly I feel left out by the Democratic Party, that the Democratic Party has moved rightward, leaving me out. And I've never felt like that in my life. Mm -hmm. And Joe's going to have to reach out to us who are to the left of him, who are in the Bernie, AOC, Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party and say, I see you. We will reach out to you. We will make moves that you will be happy with interpersonally and policy-wise. If you think you're just going to win this with some moderates and some independents and some fringe Republicans and winning back some, no. No. This election is not the reckoning that I thought that it would be in terms of the Democratic Party having to reckon with progressives, but it is coming. And they do, to all of the points that you're making, they do have to have a come-to-Jesus moment about who they want to be when they grow up. Because like you're saying, these folks are getting elected. They're getting elected in mass. Their ideas are more and more popular. So after we feel comfortable again, wrapped up in our security blanket, right, then it's going to be time. It's like we did it again. It's going to be time for change. So we talked about in the early days of this show when it was 2019 and Biden was winning the polls. And I said, you know, for once, because we usually flirt with a progressive Mm -hmm. and then marry a moderate as a Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And once again, we flirted with a progressive and we flirted real hard. Mm-hmm. And we as a party looked at the altar and started to think, can we marry? And as a party, we are saying, no, can't mm-hmm. do it. Can't do it. Need my moderate Marvin. Moderate Marvin. And he put a ring on it. <laughs> you know what I've been watching? Love is Blind. I love that show. Have you been watching that show? <laughs> no. I don't watch reality but I wa- shows. But I watch your Twitter feed oh my with God. you talking about oh the show. Oh, my God. I love Love is Blind. If you haven't seen this, this is a reality dating show on Netflix where they first start with the guys and the girls in these confessional-like pods, these nice little living rooms, but I cannot see the person on the other side. So I have, I'm speed dating different women, different men, just having conversations. And... If you have a deep emotional connection with another person to where you want to get engaged to be married. Without seeing them. without Then you propose to them without seeing them. Then after that, you get to see them and you get to see if you can make it in the real world together, having first forged the emotional connection. And, you know, people are getting closer and closer to the wedding day and they're like, I don't know if I can do this. And it's like, you know, Democratic Party. <laughs> Love is blind. Liked Bernie, had some emotional connection. This seems really interesting. Real progressive values, real progressive ideas. If this is not going to fly in the real world, it's not going to win. I love how it's, how are we going to pay for that stuff? Did we ask Joe Biden that? How, Mitch McConnell's not going to go for any of that. Do we ask that about Joe Biden's ideas? Mitch um, McConnell's not going to go for any of this. Also, to your earlier point, Joe Biden doesn't have any ideas. Oh, okay. All right. So that's so okay. there's nothing so to Ber- really. So Bernie got to come up with his ideas, but he don't have to come up with his. Okay. No. All right. Okay. Oh God, you know. <laughs> you so worry dismayed. about if we will have a country next week. At this point, I'm like, who cares? Yeah, let's all just move to American Samoa. <laughs>
It's five hundred and fifty million dollars richer. Those fuckers <laughs> voted for Bloomberg. There, there. You know why they went for Bloomberg? There is no place. And check this. There's no place in America geographically that is further away from New York City than Americans. Than vote. Americans vote. Like they are so far geographically far away from New York City. They're like, what is this stop and frisk they keep talking about? Like we don't know what that is. Like we don't care. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys when when that flashed up on the TV, I was like I I What are you guys doing? I laughed out loud. So hard. Like I was like, oh good job. Money well spent. Money Oh my God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Teray's done. (laughs) Before we say goodbye, we have a special episode coming out tomorrow, Friday. We met somebody really cool. Yes. Who we wanted to give some light to. Mm-hmm. Brandon Dean was the youngest black mayor yes. in America, a mayor of a tiny Alabama town, was kind of run out of town, has become homeless since then. Like when he left us, he did not know where he was going to sleep that night. He ended up staying with a friend's house, but like he had to borrow money to get on the Greyhound to come here to New York to talk to us. He's spent time working as a dog walker. He has decided to run for Senate in Pennsylvania because you can pick up and live, move to anywhere and run for Senate from there. You don't have to have lived there that long. Yep. He is all about reparations. He is a really smart political operative, political animal. I was very impressed. We just met on Twitter and I was just very impressed by him as a political thinker and i wanted to talk to him i think folks will like this conversation i think that he talked about a lot of really important issues homelessness being one of them yeah he had just traveled through dc and showed us that homelessness problem has kind of exploded in dc and that is over the last several years since i left dc to come to new york and we talked it was really interesting conversation. I'm curious to see where he goes, like what happens next. Yeah, yeah. In his political life. So listen up for that. It's a really interesting conversation with a really interesting upcoming candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania who's all about reparations. That is his number one issue. Mm-hmm. His alpha and his omega. We should get reparations. I want a check. I want Bloomberg to give me a check. Yeah, I need a check. Yeah. I'm owed a lot. Um, all right. Thanks for listening to Democracy Ish. <laughs> I'm Torre. I'm Danielle Moody Mills. And we'll be back next week. Blah, blah, America. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>